Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I'm going to play a soundbite for you. See if you know who this is. You should. The voice should be very familiar. It's only like, it's less than a minute, okay? Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed a similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. You, okay. Uh, would you... All righty. I kind of gave it away. Well, she did. She said Senator Biden. That was Senator Joe Biden. From 2007, during a debate on MSNBC, standing three podiums away from uh, Barack Obama. Mm, mm, Barack Hussein Obama. And uh, yeah, his answer is no. When he's asked if he would allow sanctuary cities to exist, he said no. That was 07. Not even 20 years ago, which is like, uh, I think, like one tenth of his entire career in D.C. Like 20 years makes up like a tenth or like maybe a 20th of his entire career up there. So. The Democrat Party has drifted way far away from where they used to be on the immigration issue. Why? I don't want to say replacement theory, but (laughs) that was actually what they'd said. They said, like, we're going to get all of the Hispanic voters are all going to come in and we're going to give them amnesty. And then that'll that'll create our durable, permanent majority. And they would make all of these jokes about dying white people. You're getting old. You're dying off. Ha ha ha. And we're going to we're going to control everything. Demographics is destiny. That's what they said. And then, of course, when the right said, wait, what are you saying? Replacement theory? Demographics is destiny. What are you talking about? Like, You're a racist (laughs) for saying what we said. (laughs) It's just, it's just remarkable. And people who have been around for 20 years and paying attention know this. They know this. Um, This is a piece by uh, AP Dillon at her Substack uh, publication. She writes, on January 16th, House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, and House Committee on Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green, Republican from Tennessee, released a joint staff report containing transcripts of interviews with nine U.S. Border Patrol uh, chief patrol agents from 
uh, Southwest land border states. Okay. Nine interviews with these uh, chief patrol agents. These are guys that oversee other guys in the field. So they, they got eyes on like all the operations occurring along the border in their sectors. The key takeaways, chief patrol agents cited strong consequences for illegal entry into the U S as necessary to deter individuals from illegally crossing the Southern border. Number two, they explain that the border barrier system, as well as other technologies, are helpful tools that aid agents in their border security mission. Number three, they are concerned with the increase of illegal border crossers from, quote, non-traditional countries and with an increase of illegal crossers that have a record of potential terrorist ties. And number four, they describe violent transnational criminal organizations as facilitating and benefiting from the increased flow of illegal border crossers. Transnational criminal organizations. Cartels, terrorist groups, right? Making millions, millions of dollars off of the suffering of these uh, migrants and the policies of this administration. In December 2023 alone, there were more than 300,000 interactions with quote-unquote inadmissible aliens. Chinese nationals illegally crossing the border has risen 1,000% since 2022. What else here? Uh, Human smugglers can be paid anywhere from $3,000 to cross the U.S.-Mexico border, up to $60,000 for somebody coming from China, which is kind of interesting. Why so much for China? I mean... You would think the, you know, the, the most costly part of the voyage would be getting from China to Central or South America, right? The last little bit to get over the border doesn't seem like it should cost you any more than what you're charging everybody else. I don't know. Maybe they're charging the Chinese more because they're, they're racist against Chinese. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe the cartels know that the Chinese will pay it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing here. I'm just throwing out ideas. Is it possible that they know the Chinese government will pay it? Just four days after the joint report dropped, a video of illegal migrants surfaced on X Twitter with one of the migrants threatening the group that was filming them. The video was posted by an account called First Responders Media, It questioned the group of migrant males about where they were from. And one of them, who appeared and sound uh, like he had a Middle Eastern accent, responded, you find out who I am very soon. And then he said that the person filming was really not smart enough to know who I am. So that video went up onto Twitter and people identified him. And his name is apparently Mafzum Zamadov. He is the head of the Azerbaijani Islamic Party, a terrorist organization. And he's here. And he says, you're going to find out who I am very soon. So he's in the country. So give it up. Good job. Everybody in charge of securing the border from enemies, foreign and domestic. That's some bang up work you guys are doing. President Biden, this is according to uh, Thomas Holman. The retiring acting director or retired acting director of U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement, or ICE, 
He said, quote, President Biden is the first president to ever unsecure a border on purpose. He said for three years, the administration has directed and overseen the implementation of an open borders agenda that has resulted in a national security, humanitarian, public health and public safety catastrophe. Unlike any we have ever witnessed at America's borders. At a hearing, Holman also said, quote, all one must do is look at Customs and Border Patrol's own data that shows total enforcement actions in fiscal year 20 was about 646,000. All right. So like four years ago in 2020, enforcement actions at 646,000, 646,000. The next full year under Biden, it had gone to 1.9 million. That's a tripling. The next year. 2.7 million. And then last year, 3.2 million. When you have those kinds of encounters, it overwhelms Border Patrol to the point where they have to pull up 100% of their agents, take them off patrol, and then start processing the large groups. And that means hundreds of miles of border have no security and no agent on watch. Another witness Joseph Edlow, the former acting director and chief counsel of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, USCIS, he said the Biden administration has, quote, waged war against the immigration system of the United States and the results speak for themselves. He says, I find it amusing the circumvention of lawful pathways and notice of proposed rulemaking by the Biden administration noted that there were no alternatives available to what they were proposing. And they noted that such such as an asylum cooperative agreement and remain in Mexico were not viable options. These were not viable uh, policies or proposals because there was no time to negotiate any of this stuff. Why I find that amusing, he says, is because the Trump administration did negotiate them. They were working, and the Biden administration pulled them back ended them, destroyed them, and now they're saying, well, we don't have any alternatives because we can't do that. But it was done, and they took it apart. So when I say impeachment, I'm dead serious. They are in violation of their oaths of office. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out regarding the list of all of these uh these states that are sending support to texas and standing with texas in trying to get the federal government to do its freaking job and fulfill its constitutional duty to provide for the common defense and prevent invasion as article 4 section 4 of the constitution requires um no of course north carolina is not on that list ray cooper and, uh, you know, he's he's not going to be on board with that. Um, but here's somebody asked, uh, and I don't know because the list does not include South Carolina. It did not include South Carolina. And Charlton, 
on Twitter. It's a Pete tweet. And he says, why isn't South Carolina on this list? You cannot have a proper secession without South Carolina. That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe they're holding out. Maybe that's going to be like the thing where it's like in wrestling, you know, where somebody's, you got the fight going on or whatever, and then you think all is lost and oh no, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait, who's that coming in? Oh my gosh. And it's South Carolina. It's like, it just got real. You know, maybe it's something like that. Um. Dean says, yeah, King Cooper will not be joining the Patriots. And Chris uh, responds, uh, because our governor is a turd. We can fix it in November, though. Um, Do with these border numbers, uh, border crossing numbers. How does Mexico still maintain a population? Jonathan asks. Well, they're not coming from Mexico anymore. I think we got everybody from Mexico at this point. And many other countries. So now you've got all these people coming from various other countries. From all over the world. They're just going through the southern border. Um, App Patriot Girl says, Everything they accuse Trump of, they are doing themselves. The uh, iron law of woke projection. That is what that's called. Um, This is Josh who says, Y'all know Cooper is not defying his blue gods. Good news is he'll be out soon. Um... And Lynn says, uh, we need to stand big time with Texas. Every state should. So meanwhile, up in um, up in D.C., uh, our elites running the Senate, they're hammering out a deal. And I'm sure it's going to be an awesome deal. I mean, look at all of the history where, you know, groups of U.S. senators get together and hammer out the framework of an immigration reform deal, right? They're always awesome. They, they're, I mean, just win after win after win, very Trump-like, tired of winning kind of stuff that they crank out of there. So, uh, but things have changed. They were working on the deal. They've been working on it for a while. And it's been all hush-hush, secrecy, don't really know what the you know, all of the ins and outs of it are. But uh, what we, uh, I think the uh, the bones of it are basically... Um, lots and lots of, uh, work permits and stuff like the Israelis gave the, the Palestinians that then came in and massacred them. So lots of work permits and, uh, maybe some blanket amnesty kind of thing, a bunch more money, obviously got to, got to throw a bunch of money at it cause it wouldn't get fixed. Otherwise got to throw more money at it. Um, but now that immigration is, is, uh, one of the top, if not the top concern among Americans now as we enter this election cycle. And Donald Trump is hammering away at immigration. His campaign says this is going to be the top issue, which somebody should have thought of that when he ran in 2020. That might have helped him a little bit. If like, Because nobody was talking about immigration back then, remember? Anyway, the uh, the immigration issue... Huge. So now Democrats have an incentive, right? Not to actually secure the border, but at least to appear as if they are trying to secure the border, to fix the broken system. They don't actually have to fix it. They just have to be perceived as wanting to fix it because they don't want to fix it because then they would alienate a big portion of their base, right? Their incentive is to not fix it, obviously, because that's why it looks the way it does right now. 
So what are the incentives? How are they aligned on this? Alrighty, so what are the incentives as they are lined up here for a border deal, a budget or a, uh, a border security deal? So on the one hand, you've got uh, Democrats that uh, you know want the issue to go away to an extent. They don't like the bad PR that's now breaking through because of the, the busing of the migrants to these blue cities. You got mayors and and leaders in these blue cities and states that are now saying we need more money, we need more money, because it's not the migrants that's the problem. It's the money to pay for the migrants. Like there's a video out of a guy walking through Chicago's O'Hare Airport, I think it was, and they've got an entire area uh, screened off with black uh, screens. Why do they got to be black screens? I don't know. But they're just like, they're like black curtains. And they got cots set up all behind there, like 100, 150 of these cots. And now they're, they're now breaking containment there. They're now, uh, they got beds set up in like the luggage, the baggage check areas. This is what is happening because these migrants are being flown all over the country. Which, by the way, do you think that has anything uh, or any kind of impact, I should say, on, on housing costs? When you have an increase of demand without an increase of supply, why something 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 anyway I, I i just throw that out there so you have democrats that don't want to actually address the problem but here's the thing um while they may not want to fix they don't want it fixed right they're incentivized to do quite the opposite as again we notice because this is the current state of the border right so that's why it looks like this is because their incentives are to make it look like this number two um they don't want the security same reason But here's the thing. They need to be seen right now because of the public sentiment. They need to be seen like they're doing something. So they've got to put something out there. They they have to be perceived as willing to work with the Republicans to fix the problem. Not that the problem gets fixed, actually, but that the perception is there that they are interested in having that happen. And they have an incentive to have the Republicans kill any type of deal. Those are their incentives. Because if the Republicans kill the deal, then they could say, well, we tried. Those mean old Republicans, they don't want to fix the border. And so, you know, vote for us so we can finally fix the border. Right? Because as is so often the case with GovCo, the cure is cooked up in the same lab as the disease. And so then when things get bad, then they come forward with their their vaccine, if you will. And they're like, here you go. Here's the here's the fix. But no, that's just it's just an example. Oh, no, it's just an example off the top of my head. What? No, 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 no. It wasn't nothing like that. All right, I'll come up with a different example. Um, Like you create so much chaos, uh, say, like rampant crime and rioting and all sorts of crime going on and chaos that people will then be clamoring for you to come in and clamp down, right? The The cure is sold by the same people that created the problem. And because if they make it so bad, th- th- by the way, this is not, this is not my novel idea here. This is Cloward and Piven. This, th- this idea, this theory has been around for 60 years. It was explicit. This was the plan. You break the system, and then people will demand that you pay them off so they don't riot, basically. Anyway, 
Those are the Democrats' incentives. Let's take a look at the GOP incentives. Well, the GOP is kind of split here, okay? Um, the GOP has got two different factions inside of it that uh, are sort of at cross-purposes. So there's one faction that their incentives are basically all those same incentives that I just listed for the Democrats, okay? Except for get the GOP to kill it. Except for that one, same incentives. They don't really want the fix. They don't really want to do the security, but they want to be seen like they're doing something, okay? Then there's the other side, this other faction, that um, they, they, you know, they say they want the fix and have said they want the fix. They want the security um, and to be seen like they're doing something, but uh, they, while, or while they were initially, up until about a week ago, they they wanted to see these reforms done, and if we can leverage Ukraine funding and Israel funding, and you know, then we can kind of get this deal that we want. It's got to be a good deal and all of this. Now they are interested in having it killed too. So as far as I can tell, everybody that has been working on this and all of the, uh, the parties and the representatives up in, uh, up in D.C., everybody's on the same page. They all... They all don't want a deal. They all don't want border security. That's the only thing I can surmise because uh, now you've got a situation where Donald Trump is telling them don't do the deal. Why? Because it's an election winner. And it's not just Trump. It's all the Republicans. They all get to run on this. Crime and the border are winning issues for the Republicans. So if the problem doesn't get fixed... Chances are they do better in the polls. They do better on Election Day. Democrats know this, too. They don't want it fixed either. They, they, they are happy with the way it's running right now. They just want to be perceived as trying to fix it. And if they can get the Republicans to kill it, then they can run against the Republicans as the reason why it died. Which would backfire against Republicans if they were the ones that killed it. So they got to come up with a reason. They have to figure out a, a way to kill it. With that, in a believable, in a plausible way. Luckily for them, the terms of the deal are pretty atrocious. Now, does the average voter know the terms of that deal? Will they? Will they actually, you know, hear any of that reporting? Probably not. Probably not. They will see the standoff between Texas and the federal government. They will see that. That's going to make good video. That's why I said, if not now, when? Like, this is the time to have this fight because the optics are going to, I think, the optics are going to uh, outweigh this, the talk of the deal and the backroom negotiations and all that stuff. People are going to see what's happening, and it's a very stark image when you've got armed agents of a state standing off with armed agents of the federal government. That has a way of focusing people's attention. <laughs> we shall see. This is from, uh, so Punchbowl News, Jake Sherman, I think. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, we got the scoop that Mitch McConnell told Republicans last night that uh, time had run out on trying to craft a Ukraine border package. Not Ukraine's border, but our border. But to tie it together with funding for Ukraine. The time had run out. The politics have changed, McConnell told his fellow senators, Mark Hemingway, conservative writer, um, he says, I realize Trump and or GOP infighting is catnip to the press. 
But it seems painfully obvious that Mitch McConnell did not have the votes for what was a terrible border compromise, and he's deflecting by blaming Trump, knowing the media will fall for this excuse hard. On cue, Democrat Senatorial Candidate Committee, right, the, the, like, the ones that go out and try to find candidates for Democrats to run for U.S. Senate, Tommy Garcia, spokesman, he says Senate Republicans are tanking a plan to secure our border for the sake of their petty, ridiculous politics. Now voters will hold GOP Senate candidates accountable. What did I just say? Right? They, they don't want a deal, but they want the Republicans to be the ones to be blamed for no deal. That's where their incentives are. Mitt, uh, Mitt Romney came out and uh, said Trump is to blame for this. And look, Trump probably does bear some responsibility. If he's making phone calls, which apparently he is, he's calling up senators saying, don't do any deal unless it's we get everything, he said. He put this on Truth Social. I do not think we should do a border deal at all unless we get everything needed to shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people. Okay, So all or nothing. And his incentives are for there to not be something so this way he can keep using the issue. And for the Republican leadership, they can now point to this and say he's the reason. Ford O'Connell, Republican strategist guy, he says Romney cannot leave the Senate fast enough. This is such a bogus media narrative. It was Mitch McConnell who recognized that a bad deal is worse than no deal. And he's the one who largely controls the GOP Senate votes. But also, most importantly, Joe Biden has the power all by himself to quash the crisis he created. All right, let's go over to Martha, get her on here before we uh, get out of here. Martha, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I have a quick question, and then I'll let you answer it while I hang up because I'm driving. Okay. I listen to you all the time, but I'm always driving. I just wonder why why the Democrats allowed all this in the first place. It's either... The money that somebody's paying their con- contributions to their campaigns, or it's votes, or it's both. Can you elaborate your opinion on that? I mean, is it, I think it's it's got to be something to do with the money and the votes. But I don't, as I thought, as far as votes goes, you had to be an American citizen to vote. So can you just, and I'll hang up, if you will answer that for me or clarify that for me, I'd appreciate it, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Martha, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, and, and good question. So there are a lot of different actors involved. you got NGOs, these non-government organizations and nonprofits and charities and stuff where some of the people may be motivated by a desire to help get people out of these terrible countries, these uh, bleep holes, as, uh, as uh, Donald Trump called them, right? Um, but also... There are other agencies and organizations that are not doing it for those reasons. They're doing it for a long-term political benefit. The idea being if you destabilize America enough, you can then usher in a new form of governing. And in their mind, because they are of the left, these are leftist organizations that are doing this, it's Marxism. And this gets into the World Economic Forum. This gets into the globalist approach. This gets into the one-world government stuff. Right, where you got to tear down the borders because a strong America is the biggest example of the failures of collectivism. So if you're able to undermine America, then uh, you know, we, we cease to have a reason to exist because look at all the chaos we have here. Right, So you create the chaos and then you offer the solution, which is to clamp down on the chaos in ways that deprive people of 
further liberties. That's one of it. The other, yes, is a vote scheme eventually to give amnesty as soon as they can to give amnesty to as many of the people who have gotten here as possible. And if they can do that, then they figure they will have uh, voters for life and they will have a permanent majority. So then they can do whatever they want, either at the legislative level, the executive branch level or the judiciary. It's a everything is power dynamics with leftists because that's what Marxism is. It's all about power dynamics. All right. I appreciate the call. I hope I answered it. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.